Um. <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin. McLaughlin. What's her name? Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. 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 The the like McGoughlin? dying dog and cat get lady. She's a sad dog lady. How do you pronounce her name? McLaughlin or McLaughlin? I don't know. She's about to be on her show. We should figure this out. Hey, all you people. You're listening to Split Screen Gaming Podcast, the occasional weekly podcast where three lifelong friends correspond about video games from the comfort of their homes. I'm Chad Michael Linus. I'm Holden DePardo. And joining us shortly will be Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody get ready to cry about all those sad dogs. When Sarah McLaughlin joins us in a little bit. Um, you were totally recording when we were going I over was, that. I was. Chad records your conversations secretly. I actually never approved to this whole podcast thing. It just happened yep. to be online one day. This podcast will not hold up in the court of law. You were not consented. You were not consented? It was it was unconsensual. I did not have your consent. It was unconsensual podcasting. It's, it's is pod- that recording it, rape? It's Yeah, it's podcast rape. Is podcast it's. rape. Yeah. Um, Sometimes yes doesn't mean no Or no doesn't mean yes Speaking of distasteful jokes <laughs> Let's head into our <laughs> podcast today uh, No, Sarah McLaughlin will not be joining us Because she's too good for us Sarah so. who? Sarah who? Did I stutter? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something but It wasn't worth saying Okay, you, you go for it oh, All the other guys. things so far I've said that are wonderful No, I'm just going to This up. is episode 7 of the Split Screen Gaming Podcast I can't believe you've done this many of them yeah, that's been almost two monothesa. Two months. Monothesa. Monothesa. I pronounce every letter. Well, we have a good Spanish, show. They do that too. They, we do. We have a good ciudad. show. Ciudad. Ciudad. We're going to be talking about the news in the beginning here. We're going to segue after that into Xbox Scorpio announcements this week. Mm-hmm. And then we have some subscriber some subscriber interrogatives. 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 Oh, man. We meant to watch a video before we started recording this, too, didn't we? We did, but nah, I think we got, yeah, we got it. Yeah, we, we got, got it. We got it. We got it. So we're going to start out with how we normally start out. A big old pile of crap. What are we playing, Holden? Well, uh, I, I promised, again, I was going to play Zelda, and I played some more Zelda this week. Yep, got all the way back to Ganon for the second time. Three-heart challenge this time, so I beat all the Divine Beasts with three hearts. Okay. Didn't collect the hearts while I was there. I'm at Ganon, and he's kicking my ass. Very Wait, difficult. didn't collect hearts till you were there? Didn't collect hearts um, at the Divine Beasts, is what I meant. Oh, like you gotcha, get you get gotcha, divine gotcha, beast, gotcha, you, gotcha, gotcha. uh, you get heart containers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So you're playing Zelda some more. I did. I also played. I the think game. that's kind of a trend in everyone's lives that they will just be playing that for the rest of their lives. I will play this game all year long. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Long, I also played a great year. game called Everything. All year long. On what platform? PlayStation Four. Tell us about everything. It's a hard game to describe, but basically, you start off as a cow. And you are intrigued. You you are wandering around this pretty. Is, is this the cow that we're milking in One Two Switch? It is not the same okay. cow. This is a special cow. It's a brown cow. Oh, yeah, that's his name. It is cow in parentheses brown. That's his name. You sure that's his name, or is that just like a distinction from other cows? Like this well, is the I brown one. I actually didn't see any other colored cows. What is a name other than something is just a distinction for us humans from each other? Well, you're asking so many great questions, which is great because it's a very philosophical game. That's crazy. It's all about asking questions. I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to let you continue talking <laughs> about this game. Tell me about everything. <laughs> that would be wonderful, Chad. Thank you. <laughs> I have the whole mic to myself now. You are this cow at the very beginning, and you're 
initially you're just kind of wandering around, finding other animals, interacting with them by mooing or whatever sound your animal happens to make. I don't know if you're supposed to start off as a cow every time or if I just did. <laughs> I have no idea. But I don't. <laughs> but you can go. <laughs> Sorry, like as if you, <laughs> as if you broke the game and made a mistake. Like, am I supposed to start as a cow? <laughs> Like, well, you can be. I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this right now. Was I supposed to be a human? <laughs> because I chose a cow. Is that not something that's allowed? Well, you can be every animal in the game. You can do. You can do anything. So you can. That's, <laughs> that's such like a every game developer in this game. You can do everything. There's Did you see you that animal do. over there? You can be that animal. That is true, though. In this game, you can go to a fox, and then you can basically control the fox, and then you can get to a blade of grass and control the grass then you're moving around as grass or you can be a clover like leaf by the grass and you're kind of going up and down into these larger shapes and objects until eventually you're a tree or a mountain or the planet or like another planet surrounding your planet you could be the sun and then you can go up into being a, a solar system is the goal to be as big as possible the goal is to become everything and to find everything so like you could, you could be a frog you could be an atom you can literally go down to being a plank which is like the the things inside of a of an atom like the strings and string theory plank. You, you, okay yeah you can be anything and, and as you're kind of navigating around you can talk to like-minded or, or similar like objects that it's like grass can talk to flowers no, grass can talk to grass, I oh. believe. Well, no, you can talk, you yeah, know, you can talk to, so like if you're a cow, you can talk to the monkeys. If you're a goat, you can talk to, you know, the, the chimpanzee that's around. Okay. And they will give you these, like, philosophical musings, or you might find recordings of this, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but there's a philosopher they use all the time. And it's just about experiencing and thinking about what you're experiencing. It's bizarre. It's $15. It's not like it's a huge investment but i actually did enjoy my time though i don't think everyone would have a good time playing this game it's not it is about everything but it's not for everyone that's a really cheesy like like one line of rotten tomatoes review yeah did you work on their marketing team i i did not i tried so hard with that one line everything but it's not for everyone (laughs) by everyone the worst marketing I i just i just put water in my mouth (laughs) <laughs> didn't swallow it and decided I'm going to make another comment and then I just let it <laughs> fall out of my mouth onto my shirt as I'm talking. That's what I've been playing, Chad. What have you been playing? Um, let's see. I've not played anything this week. I haven't had time to play anything this week. Oh, so lame. I um, Except for... So there's this thing that we're doing called Late to the Game. And mm-hmm. I think we did this in episode one. Maybe... Two? Yeah, no, no, it was the first episode. We did Super Mario World. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a segment where we, we play things that everyone else already knows is great or has some kind of prestige to it or might be super old but is something that we should have played. And then we're finally playing it. So this is something we're going to formalize, and every month we're going to have a game that we're going to be playing. And we uh, this month we've chosen Dying Light as that yes. game. Yes. You just picked it up today, last actually. January, so about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we are yes. Yeah, so we just started playing it for the first what was it, like two hours. Yeah, two two and a half hours maybe. I don't know. Yeah, enough time to know what the game is. Yeah, enough time to to start forming some initial opinions about it. So that's yeah. what I've been playing. I played about two hours of Dying Light today. We're gonna kind of at the end of each month, we're gonna go into each game and be like, you know what? 
this is what we thought of it. This was really good. This was really bad. We're going to give it a little bit of review and be like, hey, you know what? I'm glad I played this game. Or maybe that game sucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I had heard some good things about it, but it was very under the radar. It was not a very, uh, I don't want to say popular game because it's popular within the community that played it, but it oh, wasn't. It sold well over a million copies. Did it really? It did. I don't remember being, there wasn't that much fanfare for the game from my memory. No. Well, it was It was one of those came out in the winter in January, and it was the only thing to play, so it actually did really well because it was there, and it happened to be a, a good game, apparently, so it reviewed really well. Last year, you said? Would not have worked out. Yeah, it would not have worked out this year because there was no, this year, too much. It would have gotten yeah, lost. Yeah, we saw what happened with Mass Effect. Yeah, there wasn't really anything out the last time. You really did stand <clears> out, I guess. But, yeah, I never, I never played it. Up. This is the same guys who made Dead Island. Is it? Yeah. The whole time I was playing, I was like, this is just like Dead Island. Yeah, it's the same guys who made Dead Island. That totally makes sense. I never played Dead Island. Did you play that game? I did. I played a lot of Dead Island. Good. And then I, it was okay. It was okay. You played a lot of it, though. This seems like Dead Island, but the parkour elements are much better. Like, Dead Island the- didn't have parkour, obviously. <laughs> Dead, but the parkour elements make this, like, you're moving through things so quickly and you're moving across the yeah. environment so quickly. It's kind of cool when you come across a crowd of zombies and the tactic isn't to kill all of them. It's to kind of get get out of their way. Yeah. In, in avoiding them. I Which like actually it. works pretty well. This is kind of like... Assassin's Creed meets Dead Island. I was gonna say Mirror's Edge meets Dead Island. Mm, I didn't play Mirror's Edge except the really shitty iOS game of it. That wasn't that bad. Mm, I played it for like three minutes, so I can say it was that bad. <laughs> well, I beat it, and I can tell you, not that bad. There's some good levels in that game. Glowing but... review from Holden Depardo. <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> some pretty good levels in that game. Pretty, pretty good. So yeah, Dying Light so far. I'm enjoying the parkour system. It takes some getting used to. Yeah, we had to get the controls down uh, on sensitivity. It was way too sensitive yeah. before. Yeah, really loose controls, but then and, we and tightened them up like a nice tight butthole. This is actually one of the first hole. times that I've played a game with too much sensitivity that bringing it down actually helped. Usually I tried adjusting the sensitivity a little bit and kind of find, oh, this is why the developers intended the sensitivity to be here because it, this game works well that way. Yeah. This, way better, bring it down. It's way too sensitive at first. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, the story, I don't really know what's happening, but it's also kind of happening. Yeah, I'm not really paying attention to the story. People are talking, and I'm like, yeah, but I'd rather make a joke with Holden, so. You're kind of, you're like, I guess, an undercover someone. Yeah. And. Paris shooted into this city town. Yeah. (laughs) city town. It's a city town, yeah. Well, it's like a city, but every building is a little taller than one story. Nothing is that, it's, it's not really a city. I don't know. It's populated with lots of zombies. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know what is the setting. What is where does it take place? I'm looking this up right now. Uh, actually, Hara, Har, Harim, Haras, Haran, Haran, Haran. Yeah, Haran. Where is that? That's right, because they arranged the buildings into the name of Haran, <laughs> and I said, "Isn't that weird that that city, <laughs> all the buildings are named to make rearranged to name make the name of the God damn it is speak that? English me." No, you can't speak English. While Holden's looking this up, you guys, I just want to... Uh, obviously, you guys have noticed by that dog barking in the background. It was a beautiful day outside today, so we have the windows open while we're recording, which is why we have some, some yeah. background noise. We're going to try to take it out. With our some... recording was delayed by a car horn going off consistently. <laughs> yes. We were like, just about to record. We were ready. Okay, I so got it. To this podcast Google with a nice glass of lemonade Haran outside. is a biblical pl- place. Oh. And it is within present-day Turkey. But it doesn't exist as like known so it's as like Haran a anymore. turducken. It's within a turkey, 
and a duck inside of Haran. That is exactly what this what this game is. Is Haran the English translation of Quran? No, it's actually it's in the book of Genesis, blah, book of Genesis in the Hebrew Bible. Genesis, like close relation to Journey. You know, it is. It is. It's um. What's That's the one why the soundtrack song? is "Don't Stop Believing" the whole time. Yep. Yeah. That was the journey song I was thinking of. Yeah, so I don't really have too much to say about Dying Light at the moment. Yeah, we'll check back in at the yeah. end of the month and let you know. We'll hopefully finish it, or maybe we found that it's not worth finishing. Who knows? And we'll let you know how it was. So far, I'm just kind of stuck trying to find a gun for a guy. That's the most I can say at this and point. And by stuck, you mean you probably spent maybe two minutes. Y'all, yeah. those dogs. Oh, my gosh. Michael Vick is outside <laughs> my apartment right now running a dog fighting <laughs> ring. <laughs> All right. So... Let's go to some news. News! Holden, I don't have mine up yet, so you go first. <laughs> All right. So I have a story here about the Jack and Daxter trilogy, oh, as yeah, well yeah, as yeah. Jack X coming to PlayStation 4 as PS2 classics. Jack X sounds dirty. I'm excited about this one because I never played that series, and I really wanted to. So to hear it's coming, it'll probably be if this is an indication by any other classics that are on, available on the PlayStation Store. Around like fifteen bucks or so, which I believe the way they put it is that. Where was the quote on it? They make it seem like Jack and Daxter, one, two, and three, are going to be separate purchases. So it won't be like the trilogy collection, like a Sly Cooper collection. Or yeah, it won't be like that. Like each collection. one's going to be its own fifteen dollar purchase, as well as Jack X, the the racing game that came out afterwards as well. So, I think that's good because I think I might skip the first one because I hear that's just kind of more of a standard platformer. And then Jack and two, Jack two and Jack three are completely different. So I think every, I think the consensus is that Jack and Daxter is great and Jack two is garbage. Oh really? I don't know. I've never played any. Actually, I think I maybe started Jack and Daxter one three hundred years ago. Well, they're all three are Naughty Dog. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I might play it. I probably won't, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I actually might. I might because I have wanted to play those games before, which we might get back to later on with our interrogatives. But Mm-mm-mm. but I'm excited about that. Yeah, me it's too. Good, I think it's good news. Um, speaking of not good news, great segue, me. Thanks, me. You're great. Um, Spider-Man PS4 is not coming in 2017. As much as we all want it to be coming in 2017. That's not, that's not what was said. Uh, that, that is what was said in the announcement that it's coming in 2017, but then there's an update via Insomniac Games' Twitter saying no release time frame has been announced. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's not coming out this year. They just said, hey, there's no official word. It's, there's no time it's for this not announced. coming out this year. We've seen nothing of this game other than a trailer that has no gameplay in it. That I think there's it's just kind of that trailer. Of him that trailer absolutely through. has gameplay in it. What are you talking about? I don't think it has anything official gameplay in it. I'm pretty sure that's all ga- in-engine gameplay at least. I don't think that's true. Okay, whatever. It has been since E3 that I saw that trailer, but um, it is for sure gameplay. Yeah, we've had, I'm we've pretty had sure. no word on that at all, other than hey, it doesn't even have a title yet. How the hell is it going to come out in 2017? I think the fact that there is a Spider-Man game coming out alone means. There doesn't, be, it doesn't need to be entitled until they announce the release date, which I think they could pull a Fallout 4 and just announce it at E3 and it comes out in the fall. Mm, I think that's possible. They're not high profile enough to, to pull a Fallout 4. It's Spider-Man. 
Yeah, it is Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man and Insomniac. I think yeah. those are Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions wasn't high profile. Well, they you're right. Spider-Man high, Shattered Dimensions they're like, "Hey, this is coming in like 3 weeks, but no one's going to buy it anyway, so just don't give a fuck about it." They'll if, if they have like a few months. If they Spider-Man had... games mean nothing right now. They haven't meant anything for at least I, a decade. I, I think there's well, I, all right, well, looking at what else is coming out this year, there's really not a whole lot. There there's already been talk about it coming out. Of course they're going to deny it, Insomniac. Of course they are. Because they want Why? the because the because they're not going to they're going to wait until E3 to make their big announcement. They don't want anything coming out sooner than that. Even if the announcement is it's coming sometime this and they, year. And they never said it's not coming out this year. They just said no release time frame has been announced at this time. You added an at this time. If you're going to quote somebody, quote No, me. that's the quote I'm reading right now from Twitter. No release time Mine says, at Spidey889, no release time frame has been announced. Oh, I'm quoting, I'm looking at the IGN quote. Mm, you're a lying whore. They, so they added at this time. Uh, yeah, well, regardless, official word from Insomniac is no release time frame. Yeah, well, that was <clears> one of my <throat> stories, too, so. Well, great. Aren't you just freaking special? <laughs> tell me another one. Tell me a story. Tell me a bedtime story. A Japanese site estimates Nintendo spends $257 to make one Switch. Why has it got to be Japanese? Uh, Why can't you just say is. a site? It's just because I'm reading the racist. I'm just reading the headline from Polygon, okay? Polygon, are a so bunch Polygon of are a bunch of racists, yeah. And then the each Joy-Con contains an estimated forty-five dollars worth of tech as well. So basically, when they Reggie Fizeme said earlier this, earlier this year, they couldn't do a bundled in game because the cost was like it was already costing too much for it not to be to to include anything else besides just the console itself. Yeah. I think that solidifies that i think 257 makes sense because it's actually a higher profit margin than the ps4 and xbox one had when they were coming out i think the xbox uh one was at console itself like 387 or something like that not including the connect and all so, of this of course is speculation and well this is also based doesn't off doesn't include of, r&d costs exactly and and promotion and shipping and all that fun yeah. stuff. So they might be losing money on the and Switch console. paying their employees. Well, um, I think that kind of goes in the research and development costs is paying employees. No. No, that's separate. The research and development. There's equipment they have to buy and all that kind well, of stuff Well, they're going to pay it. their R&D employees, but yeah. then they also have to pay their other employees. Oh, other employees. Okay. Yeah, duh. Come on, Holden. <sighs> hey, guys, guess what else happened this week? Did you guys know that Bayonetta's a thing? Did you also know that Bayonetta 2's a thing? Did you know that there's going to be another Bayonetta thing, maybe? Question mark? For Switch, probably? Uh, well, you were making that assumption. No one said that. But there's a Bayonetta thing coming, or something. There's a website that launched on Sega, and it has a countdown timer. And there is a background image that is obviously from Bayonetta. And there's mm -hmm. no announcement on what it's going to be. But it is going live in one day... From right now, it is going live in one day, and hold on, I'm loading the website now. Calm down. 19 hours and 55 minutes, and we will know what this Bayonetta thing is. I think it's going to be a Nintendo thing, because Bayonetta came out in the last system, Wii U exclusive. That's because Nintendo paid for it. Yes, but the game also wouldn't have happened if it were for Nintendo paying That's for true. it. So, I think it's notable. What do you think by Nintendo thing? Well, what do you, by, what do you mean by that? For 3DS, probably. <laughs> No, I mean, like, do you mean it's going to be Bayonetta 3? Do you think it's going to be a port? Do you think it's going to be 1 and 2 remastered? Oh, I see what you mean. 
I was just assuming it's going to be a three. I don't really have a huge attachment to the franchise, so I've not really been thinking about like remastering and stuff. But I think what would be I, smart... that would make sense because they've been doing that with a lot of franchises that they like Mario Kart. They know Mario Kart's a franchise people want. <clears throat> not that Bayonetta is Mario Kart in in appeal, but there are people who could not play Bayonetta two because it was on the Wii U. Yeah, people who are more likely to get the Switch right now. It'd be a, a big draw because there's nothing on the Switch like Bayonetta at all. Yeah. Nor anything coming in the future, from what we can tell. I think it'd be smart for them to make Bayonetta 2 a port, maybe a definitive edition or something. Like, like they're doing Mario Kart where they add a couple of new things for the Switch yeah. version. Just to get people excited about it and have a lot more people able to play it. And by that, I mean the install base is not as huge as Wii U is. Also, Platinum Games need something to do now that they're not they getting do. skill <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's more likely we'll see Bayonetta 2 for Switch. Mm-hmm. And maybe even a wider release. Maybe it's all consoles. Because this is not a Nintendo website tease. This is a Bayonetta on Sega tease. Um, so I'm thinking we see a Bayonetta 2 remaster available everywhere. And then later down the road, maybe at E3, we see a Bayonetta 3 announcement. Possibly. We'll see. <coughs> Can I do a story now? Can I do a story now? Jokan, Jace. So, there's this game called Hellblade. Prove it. Heavenly Sword. Hellblade. What? There's a what? connection. So the developers of Heavenly Blade, or, or Heavenly Sword, are making a new game called Hellblade, which is, they're kind of pitching as a cross between like a AAA title and an indie game, where it feels bigger budget, but it has a lot of the uh, risk of an indie game. This is going to be about a woman who... I guess she's schizophrenia, I believe. She has some sort of mental illness. And as you're navigating through the world, there are, like, these demonic voices speaking to you. There are, like, lights and shit that kind of appear out of nowhere. And it's a more or less an adventure story. They haven't talked too much about what the story is, what her goal is, but it from the video gameplay I've seen online, like games, uh, uh, Game Informer, you can go to GameInformer.com. It's all there. It looks really interesting. I'm going to wait to see how it plays out before I you know, put money down on it, but it looks pretty good. Have you seen it? Um, <clears throat> I think I remember seeing when they announced it at maybe it was E3 or maybe it was – I think it was E3. There was a Hellblade announcement at a Sony conference, and I think that was the only thing that I've seen of it. I never I played Heavenly Sword. Did you play it? Like that. No. It was one of those like PS3 launch games or launch window games, and it was. I'm, a lot of people are like, it's pretty good, which is you know standard for a launch game. And mm-hmm. it was like Lady God of War. This does not look like Lady <coughs> God of War at all. No, they're, so they're saying this is a spiritual successor. If it, that was Lady God of War, I don't know how spirit how much of the spirit of that game is going to carry over to this. It seems very different. I don't know. Well, you're getting that from a person who hadn't played it. So well, no, I've I've heard that comparison before, not just from you. Well, good. Well, cool. Well, cool. Well, cool. Uh, so I have another article in here. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> is it not worth it? Uh, well, the title is Activision elaborates on Marvel-style Call of Duty movie universe. We've plotted out many years. Um, yeah. There'll be a film that feels more like Black Ops, the story behind the story. Yeah. There's a Call of Duty cinematic universe happening. Not only do, first of all, not only do video game movies suck, but all of these cinematic universes that are happening suck if they're not Marvel. Like, 
DC Cinematic yeah. Universe, the Universal Monster movies, they all just suck. Just stop it, guys. Leave Marvel alone. The problem with, with me and the Call of Duty Cinematic Universe is, to me, it already exists. It's called Saving Private Ryan, Thin Red Line, Platoon, <laughs> <laughs> like Full Metal Jacket, you, and all then there's these a classic new, war the movies. new entry in the franchise that uh, Christopher Nolan is releasing. That shit looks yeah, good. Yeah, that's right. In the Call of Duty Cinematic Universe, Call Dunkirk. Of Duty Cinematic, yes, Dunkirk. Perfect. Yeah, so I don't really want to... I mean, I guess we talked about it. I guess I brought it up and we read it and we talked about it. It's not... Not it's, excited it's for not, it. It's not... Yeah, it's going to be a complete disaster. If, if they want to tank that franchise even more, please do that. Just like that Halo movie that was supposed to happen. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Straight up not going to happen. They, it, it's, they're putting this story out to see what the reaction is. That's what's happening right yeah. now. The reaction is probably overwhelmingly negative. They won't do it. Yep. All right, so since we kind of talked about that one, you get one now. I get one now? You get one. I only have one more story left after this anyway. Th- so. This this story actually is going to be more to you than it's going to be to me. Prove it. Uh, Pokemon... If you talk about it, you lose. <laughs> Pokemon Go has 65 million yeah, monthly active users. Yeah, it does. Who was I talking to who was saying it only had 200,000 users i'm not sure if that was weekly or daily that might be daily but i'm like that's still not a bad number 65 million monthly active users is pretty impressive yeah that's really good i still play it i have played it every single day since it launched um aside from the first three days when the servers were garbage but anyone who says this uh, oh this was a totally fad this isn't like a thing no one's gonna keep playing this game uh 65 million monthly users means it's it's definitely a fucking thing yeah but people are definitely doing this and i think i've mentioned this in the past on the podcast like i use it as a as a meta game for when i'm going to and from places if i'm mm-hmm. walking to the train or if i'm headed to the gym or something like that i'm just like while i'm walking i could either look at the ground or i could catch some pokemon so i do that it's not like i'm i'm still although i don't know depending on the event it's not like I'm still actively like, I'm going to spend three hours walking around today to catch 43 Pidgeys. There are still people like that, though. I know. More don't, power I don't them. understand it. I just don't get it. More It don't make no sense to, to me. Them. Uh, great. Hey, do you have a Nintendo Switch? Do you keep it in the dock all the time? Stop it, because you're going to end up with a boomerang instead. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm blowing that out of proportion. But, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of reports cropping up recently about nintendo switches that are bending including a friend of ours just like the iphone 6 plus does <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so i read the story online and the first thing that i read was i think it was a reddit post i know that's weird i looked at reddit for the first time ever i hate that site um but i looked at a post and it was a guy who's like guys I listen i'm a person who's super careful with my electronics i promise and I put this in the dock, and then I took it out four or five hours later, and it was bent. Actually, it wasn't hours. I think it was a few days. He had left it in there a few days. I took it out, and it was bent. And I was like, yeah, right, you piece of shit. You bent it, and you're trying to cover your own ass saying it. You just happened while it was in the dock. He had it in his back pocket, and he sat down. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And then one of our coworkers, Travis, he's like, look at my Switch. It's bent. That's how it happened. I think there are three cases online that I've seen yeah. of it bending. Yeah. And it's it's more of like a warping, like it just kind of gets angled a little bit inwards, which I just think it looks like a cool curved LCD <laughs> version of the Switch. It's a feature. It's, it's not a, a problem. It's a feature of the, yeah. the Switch. It becomes curved. The more dedicated players who play it more get this really cool curved effect. <laughs> they wanted to make sure only the true fans got it. I assume this will be covered under some kind of warranty. With it is. Nintendo. Travis is getting his fixed for free. Yeah. They actually just send you a new Switch. Yeah. 
So then I'll, I mean, it makes me think, why would you ever want to put this thing in the dock? With the scratching on the bezel from docking it and people buying like dock covers for that. And then this, this option that it could warp. Not option. It's not like, I'm going <laughs> to choose to warp it now. <laughs> I'm going to uh, choose for the screen to get cracked <laughs> or to scratch. No, it's just like everyone already loves it in handheld mode. Why is this even a TV console now? Like, don't put it in your dock. It's going to screw it up. Actually, now that Zelda plays better on, on the docked mode, I've been playing it on the TV most of the time. Really? Yeah. I do yes. like it on the TV, but... And now you can do it with your hot new Pro Controller. I got a Pro Controller today. And your it's sexy exciting. new blue Joy-Cons. I got a blue Switch. Well, you got blue Joy-Cons. And I got a blue Switch. Your Switch is black. But the, the Joy-Cons make it blue. Nope. Joy-Cons do not cover the entire Switch, nor do they replace any materials on the Switch itself. I got blue. Mm. You do, Holden. You do have a blue Switch. I I'm have a proud blue Switch. You. Thanks, I'm Chad. I'm so proud. So, yeah. That's happening. And mine's straight. I have a straight switch. All right. Well, we're not heteronormative here. We'll take care of any switches. <laughs> cool. So I think that is the major stories. But we do have one pretty big story we wanted to talk about. What is that about? So Xbox has this this new system coming out. Hold on. Can I say the name of this story? Yeah. Xbox Scorpio and all of its flops. That's the name of this segment because it's got so many flops. It's got so many flops. It's got six Tyrannosaurus flops. And, and flops is the good kind of flop, not the bad kind of flop. Yeah, the flops meaning flop like it's what, floating, flounder. floating. Uh, what is it? Floating, loading operating point or something. I have no idea. I didn't but even know that was an acronym. It is an acronym. Yeah. Really? Yep. Hey Siri, what is the acronym flops? Here's what I found on the web for what is the acronym. Floating point operations per second. Huh. Mm-hmm. The more you know. Here we go. Still, that definition means nothing to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> But it does stand for something. And there's six of them. And that's actually the whole point of the story. We just wanted to inform you guys of what <laughs> Flops was. No, so in a pretty unprecedented move, Microsoft didn't hold an event to show off the power of their console. They gave it to Digital Foundry, or I should say brought Digital Foundry over to uh, um, their, their headquarters. <laughs> To basically just kind of play around with the the processing power and kind of see what it's capable of using a Forza demo. <laughs> it looks... Sorry, I can't control Why are you this. laughing? I'm trying to pour this water like a normal person, and you're making me freak out. <laughs> <laughs> that silence was me silently laughing. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Now, that's what I call high-quality H2O. <laughs> I'm sorry. What were you talking about? Some flops with Forza. Forza flops. They brought Digital Forza. Foundry to their to their uh, headquarters to yes. basically see this new processor and what makes it unique and special. And Digital Foundry is the exact right person for what they released. Like they are yeah. the well, they're the the super technical. This is what super sampling is and the checkerboarding effects of the 4K and all this. Well, shit. they also go through and just kind of they point out like how how well games run and stuff so they yeah. have a pretty good authority on this kind of thing so it's it felt that what they were talking about meant more than whatever so when sony held their event it was kind of like hey this ps4 pro now it's it's got hdr guys yeah i can't show you what it actually looks like because you don't have tvs that do if it you but look at this but it looks really good really Trust us. like compressed stream coming into your low hd phone doesn't look great this 4K HDR, <laughs> kind of on the stage here. So this is a good way of handling it. 
it was it was interesting because there's still so many questions that that I have. Oh yeah, definitely. But there was some cool stuff in there. Um, you, did you watch the video in its entirety? I didn't watch the video. I read through that entire dense article with all that jargon, and I think I got a lot out of it. I think one of the things that stands out to me as sorry, goofy movie. It's on the mind. Okay. <laughs> so the the biggest standout for me was. There's this concept of that every silicone chip they make is slightly different than other silicone chips they Mm -hmm. make just because of imperfections and things like that. And they actually tailor make the logic board to kind of complement the processor that is made. That's really, I haven't heard of that before. Yeah. Do you know what that process is called? No, what's it called? Charging me a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, yeah. So that's exactly what I thought of when I heard that. I goes, shit, this is going to be... Super expensive. That's this not the kind of thing. Mass production and turning it into something that is super tedious on their part, but it's going to be really awesome. I'm for sure the product, it'll make a difference. But... Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think they really want to push the fact this is a very, very powerful console. Yeah. But it sounds like what they're talking about. This is going to be expensive. Yeah. Uh, I think there was already talk that this might be as much as seven hundred dollars. I really hope that's a stretch. I think it's going to be expensive 500. to make. Microsoft has finally got to go back to like all console makers used to be right off the bat. Yeah. Just taking a hit on each console. Well, they've already said that. They usually make that up because of the sales of the games. Right. I think they're going to make it up by more people buying the Xbox One S instead. Because Phil, Philip Spencer even said, we don't expect people to uh, most people to buy this version. Yeah. We expect most people to buy the Xbox One S. But the people who want the most out of their experience, of course, won't buy a PC. They will buy the Xbox Scorpio. What, are they, what, are the, what was the quote about who this was intended for? I think it was like, the hardest of the hardcore gamers is what this one was intended for. But that's a PC gamer. Right. Well, they're trying to attract that kind of game. I, I I get that, but that PC gamer is still gonna use their PC. Like I, I'm well, not that's who super... they're trying to entice with this. Yeah, I mean, this all sounds really cool. Is this is not convincing me that they are back in? Well, the, I don't think that was the intent of this. The, I no, think the intent it wasn't. Of this was just to say, listen, here are the actual final specs. Well, There's been a lot of speculation. Spec. Uh, about what uh, what our specs are of our upcoming console Mm -hmm. we're going to get all of this jargon out of the way the super sampling we'll talk about this in a little bit uh, in a second but like the super sampling all this fun stuff how the console works that way when we do get to e3 and maybe even another conference right beforehand Mm -hmm. we can just hit you with games and why it matters yeah they definitely got that accomplished for sure yeah i guess my point is that they're the marketing the positioning of this is well we want to attract a hardcore gamer. We spend all this time talking about like the specs and all that. Some of those specs are already accomplished on on PC. There is nothing in there that says to me this type of gamer has been won over because of what they just said. Nothing nothing they said I think would win over a PC gamer. Yeah. The people that are going for I just don't see buying this. Well, they're they're I just I don't think they're done with their message yet. That's they're going for the hardest of the hardcore message or hardest of the hardcore player, and then I think they're they've still got a little bit of mm-hmm. of delivery to give. I don't know if that means that like, hey, if you buy a high end PC game, you can now play that on Xbox now that it runs Windows 10. Does this help that run Windows 10 better with like DirectX 11 and things like that 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 make that yeah. more feasible? Keyboard and mouse support, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. So those are the things I think we're still waiting on. Yeah. But speaking of what they announced. Um, a lot of it sounded, when they were talking about the benefits of what you would get from this console, yeah. a lot of it sounded a lot like the PS4 Pro, yes. but kind of 
a super version of that. Well, I think that I don't know, that's where the, the the processing power doesn't make sense to me because it feels like it's overkill. Because there's not sure. going to be Scorpio specific games. That's where I think they're they're lying. That's where I think they <laughs> said that last year, but I think they're going to go back on their word a little bit. And they I'm are sure eventually have some things that are Scorpio specific. I think they're this year at we E3, won't. I think at E3 we're going to see our first things that like this is what you get with Scorpio. You can get a lesser version on all of these things, like like Shadow okay. of Mordor was with the Nemesis system. Okay, that I'd be more okay with. Yeah, but still, that's that's a lot to ask a developer for because it's not like that game that runs so much better on on Scorpio. They can't then release it on PS4 Pro. Let's define better real quick. So the what they specifically announced was that the games that would run at say like 900p or something like that at yeah. 30 frames a second uh that would take up 90 percent of the xbox one s's processing power mm-hmm. are now running at 4k resolution native 4k resolution at 60 frames a second and they're taking up about 60 to 70 percent of the processing power so there's yeah. lots of power in there to spare for i would love to see like extra things like beautiful particle effects and things like that that they mm-hmm. can't or lighting and shaders that they can't bring to the Xbox One S yeah. due to processing and power capabilities. But so 4K, 60 frames a second with room to spare is mm-hmm. I think the goal that they're trying to hit. One of the things that I did read in there is that they are manually going back. They have to manually go back and make this happen for each game rather than be like, you know how PS4 Pro is the same way as PS4 mode, Pro. Yeah. Just kind of like, we're going to try it out and it might work for some games, might not. They're manually going back for each of these games and making them work at this resolution with Xbox One. Which there will a be a boost mode just built in as well. Yeah, absolutely. So this is not like, like the PS4 Pro. My point still stands, though, that a developer, because of, I guess my, my, to go to my point of like a developer not wanting to make a game for Scorpio and adding the extra benefits because of the six teraflops versus the 4.2, I think, from the PS4 Pro. My, my issue is that, or my concern is that, the install base of the Scorpio is going to have to be high for a developer to say, cool, PS4 Pro can't do this, but I'm going to make sure the Scorpio right. can do this. And that's where I don't think we're going to see we're going to see that's that. where I think with third party games, multi-platform games, we're going to see a lot of lowest common denominator mm-hmm. where the PS4 Pro version and the Scorpio version are going to be the high end version, but they're still going to be pretty much identical. Well, it'll be whatever the PS4 Pro version is. That'll be the standard. Right. And then Scorpio will just look, will do the same thing because it's capable of it easy. Exactly. They're not going to develop again for Scorpio. But, but when it comes to first party games, they're going to like. But that's, milk that's their that weakest thing. spot, though. Right. This would mean a lot if it was Sony. Uh, if you flip this and it's Sony had the more powerful console, because I'm like, cool. Last of Us 2 is going to look unbelievably good on that system. Yep. Cool. Like, whatever Insomniacs, like, you know, the Spider Man game is going to look incredibly cool. Or, I mean, there's there's too, too many PlayStation exclusives that would benefit from that. I can name in my hand the, the Xbox exclusives that will benefit. Halo, Gears of War, Forza. Anything that's where, else? That's where like, it is Xbox's game to win or lose. Oh, ReCore. ReCore will look, <laughs> Re-core, yeah. look so much better. No, this is it's E3 is their game to win or lose based on... Coming out of the gate with first-party games, saying this is why this is a, a a new IP or another entry in this. I think we'll see like a tease of Halo Six. But yeah, this is a new IP 
something that's really great, and then this is why it's going to just freaking blow your mind on Scorpio. And that, I think, is where they've been holding cards close to their chest. We haven't heard anything. Like, we don't know anything upcoming from Xbox because I think yeah, they're we don't. waiting for this Scorpio to really reveal stuff and then why it works great on Scorpio. Yeah, I hope so because otherwise you look at this potential I, I think it'd be five hundred dollars. I'm thinking five hundred dollars. Yeah. I don't you can't I can't go higher than that. Can't go I mean, higher you than saw that. the PS three fail right well, off the especially bat. Especially if you that. go to if you go to seven hundred like that rumor, which I don't think is true, but we'll just say for the sake of my point, seven hundred dollars, the the power differences are pretty negligible between the PS four Pro and the Scorpio only in terms of the games you're getting a multi platform. Not because the Scorpio's not is as powerful. It is it is way more powerful than the PS4 Pro. But if you're not seeing that on the games you're buying, I'm not going to spend, you know, $300 extra right. to get the system for three games. It's right. not going to happen. So I'm, I'm They cons- also did announce, uh, if you don't have a 4K TV and are not seeing those benefits, there are still, similar to PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. uh, you'll still see benefits of, obviously, frame rate bumps and then the super sampling, where yep. the console actually churns out the highest resolution 4k version and then kind of takes that and shrinks it down to 1080p so you'll see a lot less anti-aliasing or a lot better anti-aliasing less jagged everything will just kind of look more sharp on your 1080p display so there are some benefits if you don't have a 4k display um but i think that's where 4k displays are still becoming kind of commonplace if you buy a new tv nowadays you're going to buy a 4k but it's still not in everyone's homes so they got to let us know why does scorpio matter to the regular person with a 1080p in their house things like that this is where i get really uh curious about the messaging that we're going to see for the next few months phil spencer talked about how he wants he wants e3 to be games 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 yeah if all we have or all we're going to get is what we have up until e3 so i gotta talk about what the box looks like so i gotta talk about the pricing and basically says that's not stuff he wants to talk about at E3. I think we're going to have another conference. I think so, in too. May somewhere. But I or think... maybe even like the week before E3. You know how things leak before E3 just to get in the news before they get yeah. like Yeah, it, it quote-unquote leaked. Yeah. It just made it easier for PR to pitch something. Exactly. Yeah. And they don't get overwhelmed by all the other announcements. Mm-hmm. And they have some headline time a week early. I think it's a smart move, too. I don't think they should talk about this at E3. I, I don't think hardware... I, if you actually notice... Hardware's not getting talked about at E3 nearly as often. Right. PS4 Pro missed uh, missed it last year. Even uh, the Switch missed it last year. And if you look at the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One announcements, all try to do something pre-E3. Yeah. And they just kind of <clears throat> touched upon some details during E3. And then games, 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 games after yep. that. Because that's what, that's what works. That's, that's what works, yeah. So they're going to have some sort of event. It can't just be a, a press leak. Because that's not yeah. enough. Like no, it's it's gonna be a a big event. Yeah. It'll it'll be an hour event. Yeah, I think they'll there will be press invited, all that fun stuff. I just hope they don't do the same thing they did last time, where with Xbox One, where they wanted it to be all games, games, games at E three. So all they talked about was entertainment aspects. Yep. it cannot be that. They it have won't. to talk about a lot of games, and then do more games. At E3. Yeah. So Phil I'm, Spencer's a smart man, and he's now that he's yeah. in charge, I think he's he knows exactly what Xbox has to do. Yeah, I think it's something important to mention. I think some people are concerned that Microsoft has lost their way in terms of the marketing and all that. Don Matrick was running Microsoft when Xbox One was, was announced and released. Yeah. 
Phil Spencer has a full-on for the gamers mentality. He, it's basically he took the philosophy of Sony during the PlayStation Four. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, that's what it is. And he turned. And that's it not a bad around. thing. It's not not not. It's not a criticism. That's smart. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the Xbox announcement. Yeah. Lots of fun stuff. I like pretty that good. they did it on like a, a really low key, just kind of released yeah. an article one day. And actually, they, they let people know ahead of time it was going to happen too. I like that. I think it added legitimacy to it, if anything. Yeah. Just because the legitimacy of the message and where it came from. And that particular information worked really well in that format because I don't know. Did you ever? Wa- I don't think you watched the entire PS4 Pro conference. I did. And it was literally I the most to. dry boring thing I've ever seen in my life. Just Mark Cerny up there. And uh, this is the PS4 Pro. And there are several benefits. The HDR. Now, I'm going to show you this picture. And now we're going to change it to HDR. Now, you probably won't see this on your screen, but it's <laughs> happening here, I promise you. Yeah, it was just so dry. So boring. So I think I started all watching of this technical jargon, this is the exact right way to do it. Yeah. Well, we have about oh, almost three months, or two months now, until... E3, so we'll... Two months exactly, I think. No, a little over little, little over two months, yeah. So we're going to know this stuff pretty soon. Yeah. So we're in... This is an exciting time. We're going to have to get into our E3 prediction episode coming up in May. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right, guys. Next up, our final segment. As usual, subscriber interrogatives. Um, we've got three this week. Three very good questions. Three very good cues. From three very important subscribers. Yes. Ourselves... Because you guys have been a little bit more active. I'm, I'm seeing some more activity on the Facebook page. We'll go ahead and do a shout-out right now. Obviously, we still have David Sullivan, god of staked his flag in the moon and said, this is mine, <laughs> this is my first like. We've got Dane Deasy out there. We've got Joe Innes. I don't even think that guy plays video games. Whoa. But uh, Michael Schuff. Thank you for, for liking our Facebook page as well and doing a little participation. on. I don't think he plays video games. Oh, Michael Schiff does. He does? Yeah. Oh, at I least he's played all the Naughty Dog PS4 games. Oh, I did not know the that. Uncharted Trilogy, Uncharted 4, Last of Us. Uh, yeah, he enjoys a good game or two. So let's jump right into it then. What's The, the first question here is... Subscriber interrogatives. Hey, what are some good iOS games? We talk about like console games a lot and occasionally handhelds, but iOS is out there. Mm-hmm. So the I, truth is, a lot of it's trash. A, most mo- of, it's most trash. of it is trash. There are some really good gems, though. There are. There are. What's your kind of top three? Top three. Um, I think number one for me, because it's the first game I played it on mobile that I'm like, oh, this is something special, is Monument Valley. Oh, yeah. Monument Valley was great. Very, very good game. I want more of it. But I kind of don't at the same time, because it's kind of good as it is. Yeah. But that was a fantastic game. What did you do with your voice? Good as it is. Good as it is. It's kind of good as it is. I just want to leave it alone. Don't touch it. I'm sorry. I exaggerated <laughs> that a lot, but that was fun. No, that was exactly me. what I sounded like. <laughs> My other two games, one I actually found pretty recently. It's called Mini Metro. Did I tell you about this Mini game? Mini Metro. Mini Metro. Is this related to Metro 2066 or last first it is, light? It or? is quite literally a mini version of that game. Really? Yeah. No, it's not. It's nothing, nothing to do with okay. it at all. No, so you're basically you're given... Um, all these maps of real cities like Shanghai, New York, Chicago. Actually, Chicago's not on there, but um, like London, Paris, Berlin. And you'll get like a circle and then you'll get a square. Oh, that's And then a triangle. Already. And you have to connect. So those are all train stations. And you have to connect those those stations together, the train line. And someone at the at the square stop m- might be a circle. And that circle is trying to get to the circle stop. 
So you have to. So as you kind of keep going, more and stops kind of start opening. So you have to figure out the right paths for the trains to go so that everyone's moving as efficiently as possible. And it can get really intense. Like in Cario, normally you can have like six passengers per little train car, but in Cario you can only have four. So you have like a different obstacle you have to approach there. Are you trying to say Cairo? Cairo. Egypt? I just say Cario, didn't I? Yeah, several times. Yeah, Cario yeah, <laughs> stuff. Uh, there's, um, what was it? In Los Angeles, or no, San Francisco, you have to make a giant bridge that kind of uh, bridges two giant sections of the city together. So you have to think, okay, well, I have three uh, squares on this one side and one triangle on this other side. I, I have all these people who want to get to the triangle on the other side, so I have to like make a bridge, but there's only one path, so it's it gets kind of uh, uh, blocked up at and, and certain train stations. You have to figure out like the right approach. Really, really fun. Really fun. It can get super intense. And then my third one is um, Boost 2. Boost 2. I think you Boost told two. me the title of this, and then I was like, oh, what is it? And then we got distracted, and you never actually told me what the game was. But tell me about Boost 2. You just got an achievement, by the way, for your activity. Did I? Yeah. Did I, I just, stand up? I just got a notification that you got stand progress up. update. That's I achieved a perfect week. Congratulations, Chad. At 7.21 p.m. I'm so Boost, good. Boost 2 is the mobile game I continually come back to. I've this had is the game. when everyone who has Boost Mobile... <laughs> overthrows it and creates their own company called Boost 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's an endless rudder where you're you're not even like an object of the screen. You're just the camera moving forward, basically. And you're inside this tube avoiding these colorful blocks inside the tube. And then over time... Oh, yeah, you the, did tell me about this. Yeah, the, the tube will expand and open up until you're on the outside of the tube instead avoiding blocks there and it starts to get faster and there's more blocks and it just i don't know i've always loved playing that game so you're super fun you're heading down a tube Mm -hmm. avoiding obstacles trying to get to a destination nope just it's endless you're just going it's kind of like if a sperm got lost in a in a uterus and never found that egg no there's an end to a uterus it has walls have you seen a uterus not in person nor would i want to the uterus itself? Mm, good. And the fallopian tubes and they come around. I'll see a diagram. I've seen diagrams This before. is a sperm going through a fallopian tube. Or maybe the egg on its way during the, the ovulation and the eggs going through the fallopian tube. Mm-hmm. You guys, we paid attention in health class. <laughs> uh, That's uh, exactly what Boost 2 is not about. <laughs> what um, are your three favorite mobile I, games? Absolutely number one. The thing that I think a lot of games, the reason they fail on iOS is because people try to take things that worked elsewhere on a controller force them to work on iOS when they have all these crazy ass joysticks and buttons on the screen or when they're trying to make a first person shooter work and it's not really ever going to work. They don't ever work. Um, But the absolute best game that I've played on iOS is Sword and Sorcery. Yes. Okay, um, I forgot about that game. That game's fantastic. Great, and I love it because it makes use of the the device in such a cool way. Like if you turn it into landscape mode and you're fighting, and you turn it, and mm-hmm. then like certain times of day, unlock different air, like particular challenges or not mm-hmm. challenges, but like you can only do certain things in the game at certain times of the day. Yeah, or even certain times of the year, like a moon phase or something like that. Oh, really? Is, I didn't even yeah. know that in depth. That's amazing. Um, 
it was it's just a really really cool experience um and there's combat there's all sorts of great stuff in it it's it's good it's mm-hmm. a fun time so look up sword and sorcery i think it's like three or four bucks totally worth it just a couple hours they have a new game out now too called year walk i think never heard of it hmm. um I played it before though second game would probably be thomas was alone this i forgot that was games. a mobile game so i played it on my playstation well, yeah i played it on vita and it's perfect there but there's a version on ios and that's a game we've talked about mike bethel a lot on here with volume and things like that because you made me explain volume twice because you forgot it one week um but Thomas Was Alone is the game with shapes where mm-hmm. you're just kind of going through puzzles and challenges and it this amazing voiceover makes you feel for these shapes and mm-hmm. yeah, I cried, so what? You're an idiot. <laughs> I never finished it. Not me. So Oh it's and so you are good. An idiot. It's so good. Uh so yeah, Thomas Was Alone. I actually haven't played it on iOS, but it's that kind of game where I don't think it would be difficult to port that over and have it play. I mean Yeah. Things like Bioshock on iOS was a mistake, and we saw that. Why fail. do they do that? It's no longer available in the App Store. They pulled it, and and oh, they pulled it really. Forward. Yeah, they're like, I've hey, never listen, heard of that. This before. was a trash version of this game, and we know it. It even looked worse. Yeah, obviously. Anyway, so yeah, number two, Thomas was alone. Number three, this one controls kind of weird, but for the experience and the the. It's one of those experiential kind of games, like a walking simulator, but That Dragon Cancer, which won an award at okay. the Game Awards for, like, indie developer who's trying to do some kind of standard. Anything. Anyway, yeah. it's a guy who made a game as a way of coping with the loss of his kid who had cancer, and you're just kind of exploring that kid's life in a, a really kind of fantastical way. Um, it's a beautiful game, great score really cool moving experience so that's a really cool one don't play it on ipad because some of the the text and stuff like that gets cut off the screen because of the aspect ratio of the ipad really yeah and it's one of your top three mobile games and has that big of a flaw yeah but it's just such a cool game and it's like only available on pc (laughs) or ios and nobody's gonna play it on pc so play that dragon cancer and then i'm gonna give an honorable mention Mm -hmm. games that work really well on ios board games Oh, yeah. Like digital versions of Monopoly and Life and well, Ticket to Ride. and The best one is Catan. Catan on... Settlers of Catan, yeah. Oh, on iOS is so good. And it's it takes all the bullshit out of like... You remember in Monopoly, you're like, somebody has to be the banker. And we got to make sure they don't cheat and give themselves a whole lot of money. And somebody's going to be the realtor and fucking keep up with all the cards and houses. Or in Catan, you don't have to go, oh, I missed that resource because I'm an idiot and I didn't pick up my resource card. Nope, it just gives you the resources. Yep. Fantastic. What I love is when they get creative, uh, like when you're playing Scrabble, you could have the game board on an iPad on a table, and then each iOS device has your individual letters on it and things like that. Like, that's when they take games that worked elsewhere and made them work right. That's when they did it right. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one example of there are tons of games that are ported over to digital platforms. Like, I mean, IR mobile platforms. Yeah. Game, like, board games work really well, but there aren't that many board games made specifically for the iPad. Yeah. I want to see that. I not any, actually. There aren't any. I'm sure there are, but we just... That I can think of, yeah. But we just assume most of them are trash anyway, so we don't play them. <laughs> um, Catan's great on iPad, though. That's actually... I should have mentioned that. Totally forgot to. You idiot. I mean, that's my honorable mention. Catan. Great. There we go. So, yeah. Cool. Look up some board games. 
We got other questions here as well. We do. Question number two. Holden, what is it? Question number two is, what games would you like to see remastered? What games would I like to see remastered? Holden, I'm going to let you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The obvious one for me is Mass Effect. I was really thinking they were going to have the Mass Effect trilogy as a remastered collection alongside or before Mass Effect Andromeda, but then that would point out that Mass Effect Effect Andromeda is not nearly as good as those games. (laughs) That's probably why they didn't do it. But... I really, really want that as, a, as an HD collection. And then since we talked about it earlier in the episode, Jack and Daxter, I'd want to have a, like an HD collection of that because the Ratchet and Clank HD remaster was insanely good. So I want to see the Jack and Daxter get that same treatment. Yeah. Did you play the Ratchet and Clank, the new one? I didn't. I still got to get around to that one. I have such a huge so back good. catalog that I have to get to that... It's it's fantastic. It's worth your time. I probably will never get around to it. I it's want to, awesome. but I probably will never get around to I it. I will make you play it. I will tie you to a chair. Well, I'll and tie your what, legs to a in chair. In three years, we'll do a, a, a late to the game, to the game about <laughs> it, and I'll play it. I think it's been long enough to be a late to the game if Dying Light is late to the game. You're late to the game. I'm always late to the game. Uh, I would love to see a proper console remaster of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Oh, that's a good like, one. Wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Did Zelda come up in the podcast not by me? No, we totally talked about your three heart challenge. No, but I'm saying that, like, you you brought up yes, two games. Zelda, you, yes. That's amazing. Uh, I would love to see a console version, because we have the 3DS versions, which, I mean, they're great for the go, and they're they're a little bit up but mm-hmm. I would love to see, like, what they did with um, Wind Waker or Twilight Princess, but for those two games... Because they've always been available on the virtual console, but they're still the like crappy yeah. six hundred by four eighty whatever the hell the sixty four bit versions of them. Yeah, yeah, I would like to see those. I would like that. However, I don't know if I want to play old Zelda games anymore. It's gonna That's be hard. A total other topic. Oh, another piece of news, by the way. I guess is I'm, uh, save there it was, for news war, Chad. There was the Nintendo statement that going forward. At least for now, all Zelda world games will probably be open world. Yeah. Yeah. Open air. Open air. Just call it what it is. No, because you can't Shut paraglide up. in the other Shut games. Up. You can in Just Cause. That's doesn't count because <laughs> it's not Nintendo. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would love to see a remaster of those. I would love to see... Oh, Perfect Dark did get a remaster on Xbox, right? Yeah, Perfect Dark Zero. No, that's the totally other game. Oh, that's, that's right. Okay. But I think the I think it did get re released with a remaster, like at least uprezzed. Never played Perfect Dark. Don't but know man, anything about it. I sunk so much time into that, and I would okay, okay, oh. Okay. You figured it out. I would love to see Diablo two finally come to console in a crazy ass uprezzed, like <laughs> all these brand new textures and things like that. They put Diablo three on the console and it worked fucking great. I would love to see Diablo 2. Go back to that sorceress. Oh, my werebear. Yep. I want to play that on the console. Never got into Diablo. Oh, I heard they're really man. good. They're so good. I'm gonna. They're coming out with that Necromancer class again for Diablo 3 in a patch. I'm going to go back and play They're the still working on that game? Like releasing oh, that stuff game for is it? still... Yeah, it's getting huge wow. content, content updates. And they're just released seasons for the console versions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're constantly providing new stuff for that game. Interesting. I honestly thought I kind of just fell off the face of the earth. No, man. Yeah. Nah. Question number three, Chad. That's Trace in Spanish. Trace. 
in French, toi, une, deux, trois. Do you see a point in Nintendo's Amiibos? We are I, two and a half. So we looked up the date. When did the first Amiibo come out? November 21st, 2014 is the first Amiibo release date. Woof. Two and a half years later, fucking nothing uses Amiibos <laughs> in the, a meaningful way. The only game that I think does is Breath of the Wild. And even then. Like, what does it do eh. in Breath of the Wild? Do um, a costume? So, a few things. Different Link amiibos, like Toon Link, Ocarina of Time Link. Yeah. You tap them on the amiibo, and you'll get, like, a collection of meat that you can cook, or, like, a bunch of fish, or some weapons for you to use. However, there is one that I have not used yet in my, like, over 150 hours playing that game that is really cool, and that is the Wolf Link amiibo. In Twilight Princess... You would tap that amiibo to go to a certain, um, like, cave of ordeals, like a trial run of, like, just enemies to fight and stuff. Yeah. And however many hearts you collected, or however many hearts you had when you finished that, that cave of ordeals trial, when you tap that amiibo into Breath of the Wild, the Wolf Link one, you will get Wolf Link joining your game with that many hearts. That's interesting. I thought that was the best use of the amiibo yet. And that's the only good use of that amiibo. The only good use of that amiibo. Other than that, it's usually uh, used for, like in uh, in Smash Bros, Gus was using, I guess my, my roommate was using it to save his character to an amiibo. Yeah. So that he could train him up or something like that and bring him to a friend's house. Yeah, and you, like, you save it, but then you have to tap it every single time you want to load that character, tap it every time to, to update it. Like, you have to constantly yeah. keep tapping that shit. Anyway, but nobody uses it. Nobody uses it for that. Oh, I agree. No one, if the one example is does not prove anything about exactly. the Amiibo. It, all they were was a Nintendo official licensed, like... Collectibles. Collectibles. Yeah. Action figures. They're actually cool and well-made. Yeah. They're super nice design. But they're not... They don't, they don't do anything meaningful in the game to make it worth it. I think they did themselves a disservice, like, putting out way too many Amiibos. Because there was that crazy, yeah. like, I have to have every Amiibo when there were, like... 30 of them mm-hmm. it was like i need it i need it and they would announce five more like i need it and now they're like animal crossing happy home designer cards or you can get like 33 mm-hmm. different types of yoshi plushies the cards and... i thought would be kind of cool if you had a trading card game where you oh, had the absolutely. amiibos no, and you'd like tap them they're not gonna do that that would sell like crazy though that would be really cool but they're not gonna do that like if you imagine it was like a hearthstone like imagine you had to buy packs of hearthstone cards and that's how you got them in the game. Like it's a free-to-play game, but you have to have the cards in order to enter them into the game. Oh, there is something. That actually would be a great idea. I don't there play card games. There is something like that is that there? I have read about in the last like two months where there's a physical game, but it has some kind of augmented reality thing on your iPad or your... Oh, gosh, that's going to drive me crazy now. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, that sounds cool. Well, that would be a cool use for Amiibos, that tech at least. Yeah, just pay us for that, Yeah, Nintendo. And by that, I mean pay Holden. He came up with it yeah. after someone else already <laughs> Leave did, so. Chad out of this. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, Amiibos, they look cool. I stopped collecting. I did have, like, a list that I kept of, like, these are the Amiibos I want. As soon as they become back, I'm stuck. Like, I want a Ness and Lucas and Mega Man and things like that. And then once they became, like, oh, they don't actually do anything, and they're going to be widespread, and there are 4,000 Amiibos. I'm like, nah, I'll calm down, and I'll keep my Pikachu, Charizard, Diddy Kong, Link, and Mario. 
And that's it. Yeah. Anything else you want to add at all, Chad? Uh, yes. Everyone follow us on all the social medias. Holden, have you taken the week to learn what our social medias are? What's our Instagram? Our Instagram is splitscreengp. What's our Twitter? Our Twitter is splitscreengp. What's our email? Our email is splitscreengamingpodcast at gmail.com. What's our... What's left? Facebook. Facebook. And it is Split Screen Gaming Podcast. Yeah. I did not memorize that. It is in front of me right now on my computer. Very good. I I'm was prepared. So proud of you. And our password is, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so follow us on all that shit. Take a look at all of our fun stuff. Share us with your friends, please. Please share us with your friends. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes. It really helps. Rate us in the iTunes store. Like, literally, if you've listened to this episode and you're like, ha, 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 that made me laugh a lot. I peed in my own eyes. It was so funny. Like it. Rate it five stars Clean. or four stars or three stars. If you're going to rate it three we, stars, you might as well not rate it at all. Well, just, if you're going to rate Please clean the pee out of your eyes first, and then then rate us. Hold on. Why do they have to clean the pee out of their eyes? People with visual impairments do things by themselves all the time. You can do things with pee in your eyes. You're a person. I'm worried about their health. Thanks for listening to this Game <laughs> podcast. You have a great night. Enjoy. Bye, you Bye. green-backed gals.